Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the battles of New York and L.A. They weren't really battles. KD and Paul George showed out for their city, so we're going to get into all of that. And LeBron left that showdown in L.A. in the fourth quarter, so we check in on LeBron's groin injury and his comments on Kyrie Irving's suspension. Also, 14, yes, 14 players went off last night, scoring 30 points or more. We'll show you all 30 of them in 30 seconds right now. players scored 30 or more last night. That was one shy of the all-time record. We had three players with 29 points. So we got so very close. So far this season, seven players averaging at least 30. You can see them all here. It is Luca, Steph, Donovan, Mitchell, Giannis, Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Durant. That would be the most in a season in NBA history. And, and where is that leading us up to? Well, funny you ask. Scoring. It is up throughout the entire league. NBA teams are averaging 112.6 points per game this season, which is on pace to be the most in a single season since the NBA-ABA merger that was 46 years ago. So I want to bring our entire panel into this conversation. Richard Jefferson, I don't know if you can see his shoes, but they're pretty fly. Janae well, Agumake, Zach Lowe. Kendrick Perkins are going to be joining us in just a minute, along with Brian Windhorst. I mean, early returns on the season. Let's just start there, Rich. It has been amazing to watch. There's been so much quality basketball across the board, and there's some young names on that on, on that list too. Yes, sir. My young guy Ben Matherin, like Laurie Markinen. There are guys that you weren't expecting to see this, but uh, there's been so many things. The take foul. Uh, Brian Windhorst talked about that. Honestly, I think players also are starting to get to a space of like, think about all the condensed seasons you uh -huh. had for three years. We had for yeah, three years true. covering it. So I think now that people can get normal off seasons and can get their normal rest, I think you're seeing the quality of play increase. Let, let's narrow the focus just a little bit because we had so much great basketball just last night. What stood out to you there? Yeah, today? you were and we were covering the Battle <laughs> yes, of LA. We had the Battle of New York. There were a lot of great storylines, but one that tends to fly under the radar. I don't know. 
know how they do that, but mm. the reality is it's the Milwaukee Bucks because Ooh. no Drew Holiday, Hear no Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Hear that Zach Lowe and the Milwaukee Bucks in double overtime get the win over Shea Gildas Alexander, who, mind you, by the way, was one of those guys you pointed with over 30 points. So the Bucks are just flying under the radar as the real championship contenders this season. Mm. Rich? What about the Nuggets? Can we talk about the Nuggets? Yeah, Can we talk about the Nuggets a little bit? Just because. Give me a nugget on the Nuggets. But, but look, for two straight years, it was about their injuries. And yes, they had the MVP coming out of the bubble. They were so impressive and there was so much, you know, hope for the future. And then just the injury after injury. But now they got the MVP. He's balling. His team is playing well. They're starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. So the Western Conference should watch out. Zach Lowe, what do you think? What were you watching last night? The Minnesota Timberwolves. Woof. Oh, my God. Now, credit to the Phoenix Suns, who show up without Jay Crowder, without Cam Johnson, without Chris Paul. They don't care. They just lay the smack down. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are so discombobulated on both ends of the floor. It's almost incredible. You saw D'Angelo Russell just not check into the game. Like, I'm cool. I'm going to let you guys play four on five. Anthony Edwards passed Carl Anthony Towns the ball out of bounds by, like, five feet. Carl Anthony Towns just ran out of bounds. The offense is clunky. The defense is confused. I can't believe how discombobulated they look. We knew it was going to take a long time, but they're 5-7, and seven and they just look completely <clears throat> lost, and they got to fix it soon. Don't worry. Hopefully, Richard Jefferson is going to have some answers a little later in the show on how they can <laughs> fix it just a little bit. Perk, take us home here. What were you looking at last night? Well, well can I be a homer for a second as for expected? For a second, bro. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> for the a Celtics. Second. Always. Let's talk about let's talk about the Celtics, right? And the Jays. And I ain't talking about the ones you put on your feet. I'm talking about <laughs> Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who is the best duo in the NBA, and they proved that last year. Yes, they didn't win the NBA championship, but we saw them at least get to the finals. And what they're doing right now, with everything that has been going on in the Celtics organization, their leadership skills, Jason Tatum averaging the 30 piece plus. Jalen Brown, 25-plus, but I'm looking at how they're mixing it up with mm. the camaraderie, with how they're going about it, and they're going out there and handling business right now. So when I look at J JT and JB, yes, they will be all-stars this season, but they're looking like a team that's on a mission to co to complete the uh, mission that they didn't do last season. It's a beautiful thing to see, and I don't know, and it's not one yet. They have a lot of dangerous duos, but this is the best duo in the NBA right now as we speak. Whew, I mean, Desmond Bain is stopping by later, and he may have a little something to say Ooh. about the best duo in the NBA. None <laughs> of you guys took the Lakers or the Clippers as yeah. your takeaway game for last night. Ow. So let's get to what happened in that one, the Crosstown rivalry in Los Angeles. <laughs> you can see right there LeBron James getting ready. Paul George, he had it going early, Richard. No, well, look, this is, this is the Paul George that we know. When he focuses as a 1A guy, he is elite. Big shots. Mm -hmm. He know, And again, this is his move right here. Look at that. That separation going to his right on the right side is unguardable. You cannot get to it. Once again, I mean over and over, over and over early. The Lakers, they would claw back in this one a couple of times. No, no, look, look, Ooh. this team fights, and I'll give this to the Laker team. They would go down, like you see, they'd go down 15, and then, then in the second quarter, they balled. So it was just very, very interesting to watch the Lakers get down and then continue to fight, because at any point in time, they could have just dialed it back. Well, and in the second quarter, the Lakers, they played good defense. That's really what led to them coming back into this game. Yes, look, if your offense continues putting pressure on your defense, it's just 
going to be too much. But watch this defense here. They are scrambling. They are into individuals. You saw the way that first quarter ended and then here in the second quarter. They're battling. Look at this. Look at look. There's nowhere to go. Okay. Well, awesome reason the defense is saying. Let's go. Okay. Oh, right D up. The Lakers, they didn't allow a field goal until the 532. Don't tell me the these boys quarter. ain't playing hard. But look at this. Midway through the fourth. It's a scary moment for the Lakers here. LeBron is posting up Paul George. But watch how he comes down. He's in some pain here, a little bit uncomfortable. He would leave with left leg soreness, did not return to this game. Let's go ahead here. Uh, j just over a minute left to play. The Clippers up nine at this point. George finds Norm Powell. Clippers win this one, 114-101. Yeah. And the Clippers, I said it, it's a crosstown rivalry. The Clippers have now won nine games in a row against the Lakers. Their second longest win streak in franchise history against their crosstown rivals. They're outscoring them by almost 11 points per game. Their last loss was back in the bubble in 2020. Let's get to LeBron James on his injury. Yeah, he's experienced some uh, leg discomfort. Uh, we'll know more once he gets evaluated by our doctors. How do I feel right now? Yeah. I feel good. I mean, besides, you know, the the injury, um, you know, get pictures on it tomorrow and uh, and go from there. But didn't do anything, um, you know, extraneous on the play. Just when I landed, I felt a little, uh, you know, either spasm or, 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 or strain in my, in my groin. So uh, immediately I had to come out after that, after the next play down when I went to the free throw line. For more on LeBron's injury, we're joined now by senior writer Brian Winhorst. And Brian, I, I think for a lot of fans, their, their antenna just goes up when they hear about a groin injury for LeBron because of the fact he missed 17 straight games in the 2018-2019 season with that exact injury. So all of that being said, how much concern is there actually here? Well, I don't think he thinks it's anywhere near as bad as that injury that he had a few years ago. Remember when he had it on Christmas Day? But he's been monitoring this injury ever since for three-plus years. And he's also had some other soft tissue injuries in recent years. Last year, he had sort of a, a low-impact abdominal injury that kept him out 17 games. He had a right groin injury that happened uh, during the pandemic season. So you should expect the Lakers and LeBron to be careful here. Uh, look for them to make an announcement about the MRI results later today mm. when they update his status for tomorrow's game. We will certainly be keeping an eye out for that status update. Brian, thank you. Richard, you, you played alongside LeBron. How concerning is this for you? Well, it's not concerning, but for me, this is also the spot where you're like, okay, big fella, take a day off. Mm. And, and this is not load management. This is he is 37 years old, I believe, on his 38. way to 38, yeah. and he has played more minutes than anybody in NBA history. So instead of being like, hey, you are the type of person that should be load managed. You are the type of individual that after all that you have done to the game, all the, that you have done on the court, is like you're supposed to take a day or two off but the Lakers don't have that. Mm. And I'm not – like, their season is what all but – they're probably about 10 games away from their season most likely being over. And I say that respectfully because they're going to be so far down in a hole that to get out of that hole with right. the team that they're playing is going to be tough. Well, and we saw that a couple of years ago. The thought is whenever you have LeBron James on your, your team, they always have a chance, but they got into a hole that was just too big for them to dig out of. We will get more into the Lakers a little bit later in this show. And we are also going to get to one of your former stomping grounds. It is Brooke. Basketball later in the show. We're going to break down how KD helped Jack Vaughn get his first win since being named head coach. You like that one, Richard? Oh, I love it. I love it. Get a little shout out to Brooklyn. It was fun. It's it was fun awesome. to watch. All right. Plus, the one and only Vince Carter is here, so that means we're taking you to the upper room. See who gets in this week. I feel very confident about my pick. I don't. And hey. 
Parkside member Desmond Bain. He joins the show live. We're going to ask him why the Grizzlies might be the most dangerous team in the West. More NBA Today after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I got a lot of love, you know, and, and compassion and uh, respect for, for those who've served. Um, I know people personally who've served, and um, a lot goes on that, that we don't know about. It's all for the greater good of us. You know, and to allow us to live our lives every day without that, that pressure and that stress. Dame, thank you, and a bigger thank you to all of those that have served. Veterans Day is tomorrow, so we salute all the veterans around the world. Today is the 247th you, birthday Dad. for the U.S. Marine Corps. Let's get to Brooklyn. Let's get to Brooklyn. Kevin Durant dominated in the Nets Crosstown game. I don't know why I said it that way. I don't know why. <laughs> right? The love you, Dad, John throw you off. 29, 12, and 12. It was Jacques Vaughn's first official yeah. win as head coach. That's a win right there. Great job. Great job. Tomorrow's off. Then we get on the road. Ready to win. The interim tag is gone. Head coach first win. Congratulations. Uh, I was excited for him. Um, I know the work that he puts in every day. I know how much he cares about the development of uh, each player and his team as a whole. And um, looking forward to playing for him. You know, all the guys have um, responded to um, how he wants us to play. And, um, you know, so I'm looking forward to, you know, how we progress after this. Uh, I guess I was the, uh, uh, was that the write-in candidate in, in the uh, minds of, uh, of elections right now, but uh, I'm okay with that. I, I said to my wife, I might have not been her for, first choice, and uh, we, we've been together 20 years, so, you know, it could all work out, so um, off we go. Off we go. I love that. Uh, here with Zach Big Perk, Nets <laughs> legend Vince Carter. Before we dive into that game, Perk, you tweeted afterwards. Can you can you just take us through that tweet? Yeah, you hold on. Give oh. me a second. Absolutely. Which which tweet you talking about? I tweeted about the one where a you lot, said, So I guess I tweeted a lot. I'm the only person that sees that the Nets have been playing free and with great joy over their last four games. Don't mind me though, and carry on. By the way, I love KD when he plays that point forward position. That's what you tweeted. 
Thanks for reminding me. I, I, I got did you. I this lie? is what I do. Did, you did not mince words. I, I see know, no but it, did I lie? No, I didn't tell. I didn't tell one lie about it. Look, here's the thing. It's so much fun when you're going to work and you want to be there. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing right now. Not mm. only out of Kevin Durant, but the rest of the locker room. I'm liking the leadership that Jock Vaughn is providing. You can tell the guys are embracing him. I'm seeing the energy on the floor, the high five, and the passion. And by the way, Kevin Durant goes back to being in the best player uh, uh, in the league conversation when he moved to that point forward position. We already know that he's a walking bucket. We all get that. But when his playmaking ability, when he's able to make plays for uh, for others around him and make put guys in position to be successful and guys that are quote-unquote not labeled superstars, it's a beautiful thing to see. And Kevin Durant is able to be the best version of himself. So I didn't lie. I, I didn't, didn't say one word wrong in that tweet. I didn't say you did. And I know, Zach, I see him over there emphatically nodding. You were actually in Barclays Center <laughs> last night. What did you see from Durant running the Nets offense? Yeah, I hate, I hate to break it to Perk, but he's not the only one who noticed that the Nets are 3-1 and one since Kyrie was exiled from the team and their only loss was a nail-biter in Dallas. And I was at Barclays last night. Let me tell you, they are having fun. Mm. You almost forget that there was, like, mm. a whole thing going on. You almost forget that Ben Simmons is coming off the bench and no one is even talking about it. But Durant was extraordinary with the triple-double. Perk mentioned his playmaking. If we go to the tape, we're going to see how hard it is for him to do this, how much attention he's drawing. Look, it's around a pick. All five defenders, at least four of them there, have their eyes on Durant because teams are going to dare. Edmund Sumner at the top. Royce O'Neal on the weak side. Nick Claxton down low. They're going to dare everybody but Durant. <laughs> to make plays. Here we go again. Look at that. That's a swarm around him. He's got to make the right decision every single time. And sometimes the decision is going to be, I'm Kevin freaking Durant. I could make that shot. The question is, when does the burden on him, the fatigue, when does that all become so overwhelming? Because again, look at this. The whole defense is just loading up on him. And these guys are going to have to make shots. They're going to have to shoot with confidence. And he's going to have to make a lot of shots like that. He can obviously do it. But man, oh man, is it hard work. And here, just a beautiful little slip pocket pass. You give him that space. He's going to hit Nick Claxton on the money with the bounce pass. This guy can do everything. And it's been fun to see him. Look at that. That when have we seen that in I don't know a year six months I don't even remember the last time there was a switch on defense late in the game when the Nets were up by 27 points and Durant and Royce O'Neal with the game totally decided executed a switch perfectly and KD mm -hmm. clapped his hands so loud it echoed through the building and you're like man this dude is up 27 <laughs> and he's taking pleasure and executing a little bit of defense. The whole vibe is different. Will it last? They're going to need Seth Curry to play like that more. They're going to need Joe Harris to get back to form. They're going to need something from Simmons. But Perk is definitely not wrong. As much as I hate to say it, because I'd rather <laughs> Perk be wrong, he's not wrong. Oh, well, I guess this, this culminates into something <laughs> other than just Perk is right. Uh, my question is, is this a recipe that could push mm -hmm. the Nets back to that Eastern Conference contender status, Vince? Well, yeah, like I said, let's talk about how this, how and why this is happening. It's Kevin Durant. Both of those guys said that. Kevin Durant is, is, is has committed and has bought into new coach, new voice. And how will this train move forward? Well, it's me coming to work every day, doing my job. It's me making sure I'm not the vocal leader, so I lead by example. It's me going out there, making sure I empower the guys around me. And he's done that. Yes, he's going to get his bucket, like both of those guys said. He's Kevin freaking Durant. But at the same time, he has to make the game 
easier for everyone else. Yes, it may wear him down, but this is like, at this point, this is the sacrifice KD is going to have to make for the Nets to win. And then after that, now everybody tends to believe around that organization. Everybody believes on the court. They believe, let me make sure I make shots when KD gets me the ball. Let me make sure I'm in position when they put five guys around me to make the game easier for KD. So it's the sacrifice now that can benefit KD and the Nets later. Well, and now it seems like everything's hitting at the right time because Brooklyn is about to start their West Coast road trip, and hopefully they can stay clicking because I want to see that when they come out here to Los Angeles. Hey, Perk, who did you say earlier that you thought was the best duo in the NBA? Oh, the Jays, okay. and I ain't talking about the ones on your feet. <laughs> the Jays, and you're not talking about the ones on your feet. Well, uh, I mentioned that Desmond Bain is stopping by the show. He is here right now. He is listening to what you had to say, Big Perk. We're going to ask him about it on the other side of this break. My TV. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That dog always got to stay in you. It's either in you or it's not. An underdog, top dog, whatever you want to call it, you got to be a dog. Bang, a three-pointer. Bang! The best three-point shooters in the league. By the time it leaves my hand, I know if it's going in or not. Out to Bane. The three is good. Ring it up. one of my favorite interviews of all time and I am so glad to have Desmond Bain back with us here on NBA Today fresh off putting up 32 6 and 6 in an OT win over the Spurs Desmond thank you for stopping by appreciate y'all having me appreciate it of course uh you have just leveled up your shooting literally every single year you made 44 threes this season alone for context that's more than Kevin Durant and Trey Young combined when I say that what does that make you think the, the work showing, all that work that I put in this summer, um, you know, over the last course of a few years, I mean, it's, it's showing. What does that work look like to you? It's a daily grind. I mean, you know, it started, you know, really eighth grade when I really decided that I wanted to dive into this basketball stuff. And, um you know, it's just skyrocketed, you know, my habits, discipline, um, you know, everything is just taking my game to the next level. Mm. 
John, John Morant was asked about your backcourt, and he said top two and not two. What do you think of his assessment? I mean, that, that's for y'all to, you know, y'all, y'all, uh, Call it what y'all want, but, um, you know, I ain't disagreeing with him for sure. I was going to say, that's not us calling it what we want. That That's him. That's <laughs> him shouting out you. Yeah, nah, I mean, I, th I think that, you know, we can compete with, with any backcourt. I mean, I think that we've shown that, um, you know, come, come May and June when we're, you know, competing hopefully for a championship, I don't think that, um, you know, they even going to have to ask the question anymore. I think that everybody just going to know. Mm. You all have five players shooting over 40% from three this year. Do I dare ask who the best shooter is on this team? What kind of question is that? <laughs> Are you serious? All right, like, what, do I, I said, do I dare? Do I dare ask? Is there a competition in practice? Who, do, how, does this, how does this work in practice? Is everyone, you know, I, I've seen hey. you guys pulling, pulling out some stuff. Nah, they, everybody knows what's going on around here. Everybody know who's holding it down for sure. Oh, there you go. I, I do want to bring in Zach Lowe <laughs> into this conversation. I know he has been waiting all day to ask a question of you. Desmond Bain, 25 points a game. The threes everybody's mentioned. But what's also stuck out to me, five assists a game, mm -hmm. running a lot more pick and roll. How much did you work on that this summer? And like, what, it, what is that work like? How do you decide I'm going to improve at that? I mean, that, that was the emphasis. I mean, that's um, pretty much all that I worked on, you know, off the dribble, the roll, you know, a little bit of, of all of that, um, you know, and it's just reps. I mean, there was sometimes five, six guys, video guys, some of my homeboys, um, TCU players, you name it. Um, you know, I was grabbing anybody and everybody and throwing them in a workout. Show me some dummy defense just to, you know, get some live reps. But, you know, that was something that I really wanted to focus on this offseason. Richard Jefferson here, Desmond Bain. First of all, let me say congratulations on a great start to the season. One thing I want to talk about is accountability. You're such a young team. You guys have young leaders. How is the accountability in the locker room? Because that's been something that I've been impressed with, your guys' growth year over year. Is there a high level of accountability? Is that amongst each other is that via the coaching staff how does that all come together i think it's everybody um you know from top to bottom front office players video staff trainer. i mean pretty much everybody i mean a winning program you have to have accountability um you know if you guys want to get to to where you want to get to and you know, obviously it starts with John and the supporting cast and everybody else around. But, um, you know, we all take accountability for for the good, the bad and the ugly for sure. Perk? Des, hey, big Perk here, man. So, look, this is what I wanted to ask you. When it comes down to you guys establishing uh, Memphis when, when y'all at home as being one of the toughest environments to play in, how much of an emphasis do y'all preach that around the locker room for us protecting y'all home, for us developing that winning culture at home? I mean, it's huge. I mean, the city, um, you know, itself has a, a blue-collar mentality. Um, you know, you got to work for everything in the M. And, um, you know, we take pride in that, and we really try to embody that and show it on the court. I mean, obviously, before us, with the great grind and, you know, now we're the next team, but, you know, we ain't scared to get grimy. And, you know, we got the best fan uh, in the league. And, uh, um, you know, we couldn't ask for much more. 
I love that. Not afraid to get grimy. But before we let you go, Desmond, it seemed like you all came into the season just determined to build on, on where you were last season. And there were some questions as to whether or not you could pick up exactly where you left off. What do you think was the number one key to being able to do so? I mean, a good offseason. I mean, I think experience is, is everything in this league. I mean, you look at all the teams um, that have had success and, and made deep runs in the playoffs. They've all played five, six, you know, seven seasons usually. But, you know, we're young and we've had playoff experience at a young age. So um, just build, building off of that and, um, you know, our habits. And I think that Coach Jenkins and, and everybody around here is good at developing habits that, you know, we can stick to where, you know, it's, it's easy improvement. Desmond, thank you so much for spending just a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Appreciate it. Always. We cannot wait to watch you and the Grizzlies continue throughout this season. And coming up next here on NBA Today, something that John Morant is uh, no stranger to, the upper room. Oh, out of the Raptors! Ah, the upper room, baby. Do you have what it takes to enter the upper room? Show me what you got. Welcome to the upper room. Up the room. What a ridiculous finish from John Moran. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. It's over. All right, all right, all right. You yeah. know what time it is. Vince, Let's where are we go. headed? Where are we going? The upper room, Yes, baby. sir. That is where we're headed. We are going to the upper room. And just to remind our viewers at home, this is how this works. Vince Carter is going to pick the best dunk of the week. We, the mortals, are going to nominate considerations for Mr. Carter, and he can choose one, and I am determined to win, and if I lose, I'm going to be upset. Is everyone clear on the rules? It's always next week, Malika. Let's get it started. I was so excited <laughs> oh. about my nominee. I claimed it in the moment. It is Scotty Bars, and you already Ooh. know what it is. That's another person to person crime right there like you see like that's the cock that, that's old school cock back in your face like mm. and I took I took you told yeah, me that cool there's it. levels to this so I wanted it to be an homage there to Toronto levels. I don't think the Raptors have been given enough love this season <laughs> so please I, I humbly present to you Scotty Barnes for this week that's uh, pretty good Zach Lowe, who, Scotty had who's your cool challenger me Zach, yeah, I'm going Jalen Brown on Nicola Jalen yeah, Brown and Nikola Vucevic. I'm sorry, Nikola Vucevic. I'm sorry. I don't know why we're doing this to you. But my favorite thing about this one, Vince, I want you to pay close attention. Nikola Vucevic puts his head down. He knows he got got. He's a little sad about it. He sulks a little bit. And that's when we know a violent dunk has happened right on your head. Right. Oh, that's going to be everywhere. That's going to be He's everywhere. Like, why did I I'm jump? sorry, Nicola. You're why trying really jump? hard. Good for you. All right. I mean, I respect Jalen. That was cute. Perk, who you got? Oh, gosh. You know what? I really didn't want to participate in the upper room because the bottle services yes, was did. horrible last week. 
I got finesse because I placed mine in and Vince already had his mind made up, but I'm going with DeMar Debo Rosen. Okay, let's show my boy some love right here. Hey, man. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. How old is this guy? When it matters the most. Huh? I mean, crossover. Like 30. In, in, what you got to say about that? In between two young guys. In, in between two young guys. Two <laughs> athletes, too. Mm. Yeah, hold it. That's what they say. That's what the young mm. guys say, hold it. What you said. And he's 33 years <laughs> old. All right. That one, that, that's mm. pretty good. Janae, bring us home. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Scotty Barnes was my pick. So if yeah, he wins, I'm sharing the trophy. But then I realized there's levels to this. Okay. What is the circumstance in which Taylor Horton Tucker oh. hit this one right here mm. with the dunk? Because mm. dunking on your former team when they're going through it yeah. just hits different. Go not ahead, man. Not only did he dunk on your big man, he looked at the bench like, yeah, y'all remember me? Remember mm -hmm. me? T-H-T. <laughs> that's that good T-H-T. I guess that's T-N-T. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, it was close gosh. enough. All right. Well, the nominees man. are in. Ooh, look at that. Oh. Now, that's a picture there. That's pretty. The nominees are mm, in. Okay. I have butterflies in my stomach. See. Vince, who are the Scotty Velvet Barnes, Ropes opening for? Jalen Brown, T-H-T. Debo. All right. Um, so it's time. The bottle service is already on, at the table. Uh, so security, would you please open the rope for Mr. Debo? <laughs> DeMar DeRozan. I can't even be mad. I can't be mad at this either. I can't even be mad. Oh, no. He deserves love. I want to be mad. Welcome what? to the upper room, baby. I 33 this years win. old. I know you I did. I can't be mad. I know you did. I, you know Put what? Put the sparkles on the bottles. <laughs> exactly. Guys. All right, Guys. here's our leader for the upper room thus far, though. Perk won with John ja Morant, then Vince with Shaden Sharp, and now Perk wins again. Okay, wait. He must today. be sending him bottles. Like, he probably is just faking it. We can't it. let this continue to happen. No, we, we can't. Need, you know what? There's, I have an idea for this. It's a coup. I, we need to get put our heads together on this one. I have an idea. Have, okay, good. Yeah, I got good. an idea. All right, we are it's coming a, for you next week. It's a lot of week. basketball, a lot of weeks. There's a lot of weeks left, and I will come out victorious. Uh, coming up on NBA Today, someone who hasn't made the upper room this season yet is Zion Williamson. But we discuss what the Pelican ceiling is. NBA Today will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to NBA Today. Earlier today, LeBron James tweeted the following, quote, I told you guys that I don't believe in sharing hurtful information, and I'll continue to be that way. But Kyrie apologized, and he should be able to play. That's what I think. It's that simple. Help him learn, but he should be playing. What he's asked to do to get back on the floor, I think it's excessive. He's not that person that he's being portrayed, that's being portrayed of him. And anyways, back to my rehab session. Now, Kyrie was suspended by the Nets for at least five games, and that fifth game is this coming Saturday. So, so Richard, what is your reaction to what LeBron tweeted? Well, I, I was one of the first people uh, that, that 
had to speak about the Kyrie situation because I was doing the Brooklyn Nets game after Joe Sy had tweeted that. And I had spoke to Kyrie before and, I, and trying to get an understanding of uh, what he was talking about and what was going on. And uh, one of the things that I said to him is, you know, you have to listen to people when they, when they speak. And I think this is a situation now where as much as we do need to listen to the Jewish community because what he put out there the film, the movie, we don't need to discuss it anymore. I think there was there was large portions of our, our, our the community was upset about it. And I think when you look at some of the the uh, the list that was put out, not reported by ESPN, but there's a list to put out of things that Kyrie needs to go down. And now the, the African-American, the black community is feeling a certain way about that. And I think just like we have to listen to one community, I think we need to listen to the other community you know, our community, you have to listen to both sides because this is a communication thing. And uh, what LeBron said about, hey, Kyrie's not that person. I don't believe Kyrie is that person. A lot, no, not a lot of people believe Kyrie is that individual, but Kyrie has to do a little bit better job of communicating. I think he could have handled this better, but ultimately there's a growing sentiment in the, the African-American community, in the black community, that what is going on right now to Kyrie feels very, very old school, very example. And, and I understand why they feel that way. And so we need to listen and we all need to communicate better in this situation. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, Richard, communication. And the other word is also education and allowing someone the opportunity to have that such experience. I think what Kyrie did, he acknowledged was a mistake. And um, there are consequences to a mistake like that. But he did eventually issue an apology. And you you think about it that public media storm that came thereafter was a cause of his mistake and that was a cause that he created but I also do think that the multiple steps that were listed that for him to return to court is more so due to the public nature of it than what is actually happening when a player and an organization or a player and a team have an issue it's more due to that public outcry and being disappointed in what this situation was versus what the actual process of honoring a player that is to be able to play actually is. And so I, I look at this, Kyrie apologized. I agree with Richard. Both communities feel a type of way, but it all centers on is Kyrie educating himself? And we have heard that he spoke to Adam Silver. We have heard that he hopefully intends to play and make this right, um, you know, better. But I do think it starts with education and allowing professional athletes to not feel castigated when they're in circumstances where they've made mistakes. Well, and the sentiment that LeBron is sharing here, right, is that he feels that this is excessive. So, Brian, you, you've covered LeBron for a long time. What is the significance of him sharing this? Yeah, so this is part of a trend now. Uh, Jalen Brown gave an interview to the Boston Globe a couple of days ago right. saying some of these same sentiments, um, speaking as a member of the uh, leadership committee of the Players Union, uh, that there needs to be steps taken to allow Kyrie to come back. There was only a couple of players who publicly came out and criticized Kyrie Irving for his comments. That was actually sort of an undertone of things that happened, which was that players largely stayed silent. One of those players that did come out publicly and criticized Kyrie was LeBron James. So I think what LeBron is doing here is he's differentiating his position that Kyrie made a mistake and that uh, that mistake uh, has been atoned for, and it shouldn't mean that it's uh, a too harsh of a penalty. I do think that there's a bit of a risk here taking this position to make Kyrie Irving look like the victim, 
But I do think LeBron uh, felt the need to use his voice. He knows his voice is powerful. And I think it'll be interesting if in the next few days, as mm. the fifth game of the suspension arrives, if there's more pressure, whether it's done by the union or done by other players, to try to get the Nets to qualify what their plan is for Kyrie Irving in the short-term future. And the Nets, they face the Clippers on Saturday. That will mark five games that Kyrie Irving has been suspended. Thank you all. I want to shift gears here to the Pelicans because they were in action last night against the Bulls. Brendan Ingram had himself a nice game, mm. dropping 22 points. His teammate Zion Williamson also showed up and showed out, added 19 points. The Pels would go on to win 115-109, to 109, continuing to build off their success last season. You hear the applause from this fan base? This is for this young Pelicans team that is going to be a force in the Western Conference. This has been their calling. Last season, the New Orleans Pelicans got off to a 3-16 start, but that didn't stop them from defying the odds. Oh, a major body cut by Brandon Ingram. They made the play-in tournament, defeating the Spurs and the Clippers while pushing the Suns to the brink. The Phoenix Suns have survived. What a six-game series. Phenomenal in every way. After the loss in the first round of the playoffs, and you were pretty emotional, how long did those emotions stick with you as you reflected on the season? It lasted a while for a number of reasons. Playing, having an opportunity to play against people that I was just with in, in Phoenix. That was a hard series, but I was extremely proud of our group and proud of um, the fact that we just laid it all on the line. This season, it's all about seizing an opportunity. We work hard, so we know we're ready for the challenges ahead. And look, there will be some expectations on us. I think that's great for us. Back to McCullough, he's got 18! A three! We're going to be a very good team. We're going to have a lot of different weapons. you got a lot of guys who are prepared to contribute. We have a talented, deep roster. CJ's mid-range. He's got the lead. It's simple for us. I think you just have to enjoy the game, right? Not, not put too much pressure on yourself, not put too many expectations, but understand that outside of you is just no expectation. You have to really hone in on little things, you know, understanding the plays, understanding the other team's plays, understanding what Willie wants to get from us. Graham, splash on a three. I've never dealt with a layover like this. My excitement level is through the roof. I'm just ready to get back on the court. To Zion. Inside Zion, good night. Dead in the water. Finally, Zion Williamson is healthy. After missing the 2021-22 season with a foot injury, he's ready to dance. I'm just excited to be out there, play with those guys, and just be a part of something special. It felt amazing being able to walk into the locker room again and just go through that process of putting my gear on and just like, man, like, I'm doing this. And Zion, oh, just propagates his way right to the hole. I've seen uh, the way he works. I've seen his approach. I've seen how impactful he can be when he's on the court. I just love the game of basketball. I just want to be out there playing. And, if I take care of everything out there, everything else will take care of itself. Great decision. The hammer, Zion. Being just a feel-good story will no longer cut it for the Pelicans. The team from the Big Easy has big aspirations. I'd be lying to you if I said anything less than a championship. I feel like if your mind's not set on winning, then where is that? 
The Pelicans offense clicking on all cylinders early this season. They lead the league in points in the paint, are second in field goal percentage. They're averaging over 118 points per game. They face the Blazers tonight, who will be without Damian Lillard. Tomorrow night, right here on ESPN, check out the Minnesota Timberwolves facing the Grizzlies. That's at 9.30 Eastern. NBA Countdown gets it all started. I'm actually heading out to New York for that after this. Okay. NBA Day, back in 60 seconds. Where are you going? What? Can we please talk about the Bucks once? No. What's going on in Utah? We'll just be over here. Nobody talks about us. Why would the Jazz, who have two stars on their roster, take a player who's one of their starters and best defensive players and trade him in a salary dumping move? We only have the best player in the entire world. Why would the Jazz do that? So let's talk about the Bucks. What's going on in Utah? Giannis is coming for everybody this year. What's going on? And that's what people in the league are watching right now. The championship favorites might just be sitting there saying, hey, hi, we're over here. So that's all. So that's all. And here's what's all. The Bucks and the Jazz, they are the only two teams with 10 wins this season. Both teams are undefeated at home, but they're winning in different ways. Milwaukee has the best defense in the NBA. The Jazz leading the league in points per game. So back here now with our unofficial jazz correspondent, Brian Windhorst, Zach Lowe. Gentlemen, let's start with Utah's keys to success so far this season. Brian, how have they gotten off to such a, I think it's fair to say surprising and just spicy hot start, and now they're at the top of the West. Well, they traded away arguably the best defender in the NBA for the last decade, and they traded away with their best perimeter defender in Royce O'Neal, and they changed coaches and completely changed half their roster. And guess what's happened to their defense? It's been the exact same. They were a top 10 defense last year. They are a top 10 defense this year. I'm telling you, nobody, nobody thought that that would be the case. You've got to take your hat off to the way that they've approached this season and Will Hardy for getting them uh, into, that, into, those, uh, into those habits. They have been tremendous defensively. And then offensively, Lowry Markin has never played better. Jordan Clarkson has never played better. Mike Conley, in my opinion, has never played better as a member of the Jazz. Mm. They pass the ball beautifully. They use the Greg Popovich half a second, make a decision maneuver. Very impressive from the Jazz. They're for real. They are for real. The Eastern Conference side of things, the Bucks. Less of a surprise in Utah, but there's a big difference in this Milwaukee squad that you've noticed, Zach. What is it? Yeah, that number one defense, that should scare everybody because the Bucks have always been good defensively with Giannis, but in the past, they've given up lots of open threes to prioritize protecting the basket. This year, they decided, huh, what if we just took away the threes and the basket and still never fouled anybody and still never gave up any offensive rebounds? Can, are we allowed to do that? Can we do all that? <laughs> and it turns out they can, and they're number one in defense by a mile, and Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton haven't played one second yet. Talk about the Bucks. We're, we're talking about the Bucks. What do you think we're doing? Zach, Ryan, thank you so much. That's fair. Fair. We, Good we point. have one more thing we need to get to in the show. Did you think we forgot Kendrick Perkins? We know that it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Big Happy Perk. birthday, Big Perk. We love you. And we're so glad that you're a part of the show, even if Richard. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm blessed. Oh, oh. <laughs> we got you. Yeah, yeah, basket. Richard. Yeah, I'm know, blessed. We I got my family. In a while. I, I got my family. I got y'all. It's my family. Hey, and, 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 and look, 
I'm glad I don't have to look like Richard. I you know, still got my hair. I'm so glad it's he hasn't had fruit in a while, so we got good. him some fruit. Make sure you save some cake for the rest of the family. Make sure you save some cake for Van and the boys and the rest of the fam. Man, we love you. We miss you. We don't miss Perk. We miss you, Perk. We can't wait to you back in studio with us, Big Perk. Happy, happy, happy birthday. See, that's a grape. That's a pineapple. That's an orange. That's an orange. We will see you tomorrow. In case you haven't seen.